Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad you're here today, and uh, we, we welcome everyone, and uh, hope that God's going to bless each of you in a very special way today. Uh, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out so we could have, have a record of your attendance with us, and go ahead and uh, take your phone and check in on social media, let everybody know you're here today, and, uh, and let me call your attention to several announcements. We've got lots of announcements, and I'm not going to cover everything today, but uh, but please uh, consult your, your bulletin to uh, uh, to know what's going on. Tis the season, isn't it? We're about to launch into the holiday season, and there's a lot, a lot going on. Um, first of all, let me remind you that tonight uh, we will be having our community Thanksgiving service at 7 o'clock, and that will be at First Christian Church. And so we invite you to come and be a part of that. And next Sunday, uh, December the 1st, we will be having, uh, in addition to our regular service, we'll be having our Christmas service. We've done that before. That'll be at 4 o'clock next Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Christmas service is a service of, of song and scripture, and it is, uh, it is a time for us to decorate our Christmas tree with symbols of Christ. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very meaningful service, so we invite you to come and be a part of that as well. Our women's mission group uh, will have their annual Christmas dinner and auction at the Hop Goods on December the 9th. And, uh, and one other thing coming up this week, uh, we're, we've been invited to be a part of a Habitat Build opportunity. That's this week, this, this Wednesday, and we're not having Wednesday services this week, so you can you got an extra little extra time on on your hands there. So Wednesday between eight o'clock and noon, uh, we've been invited to come to 218 South Abbott, Albert, no South Adams. I'm sorry. And uh, this is Christina Morgan's house, isn't it? Right? Yep. This is Christina Morgan's house. Many of you know Christina. She's a part of our our congregation, and it's this will help her to uh, to to build her house and and uh, for her and him and him. And so we invite you to come and be a part of that. I think we're going to be finished uh, uh, putting up the, the uh, interior walls there, the framing for the interior walls. I think that's the plan. Um, uh, we're, we're, I'm getting the high sign that that's correct. And so if you can swing a hammer, come and do that. If you can't swing a hammer, um, you can still help by providing lunch. Right? Right, Teresa? And uh, so if you can do any of those things, uh, please see Teresa or send her an email. There's an email address in the bulletin there, and you can send her an email so we can know it, how many people to plan for there. That's a great opportunity for us to help Christina and to help Habitat and to extend our mission uh, during this time of the year. It's good to, to share this time with each of you. It is the season of Thanksgiving, and I am thankful for all of you. Let us stand and express our thanksgiving for each other. I'm going to tell you, Felicia, that I have been listening to you. I didn't get to go to you. Sorry. Well, I didn't have to. I just feel like you sit right there. I know. No, I Lord and Poncho. Yeah. 
Places when we are out of our comfort zone, those places when we don't know where we're going and maybe we feel lost. You are there, O oh God. Thank you. You meet each of us where we are and many of us in our places of need. People who are marginalized by illness, not wanting to be a burden. Those who see their poverty or their problems as unacceptable. Those who feel rejected. Those whose self-worth is faltering or non-existent. You are there, O oh God. Thank you. It was in those borderlands that you met that band of lepers whose only source of survival was standing on a street corner and holding a sign that said, Please help whose status was untouchable, 
whose contact with those outside of their group was peripheral at best and non-existent at worst. You met this group of men and women, and in your compassion you touched their lives with hope. Thank you, O God. And it was the Samaritan, the one who was an outsider even within this group, who turned back to give thanks. And today, O God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for all that we can learn from our sisters and brothers who live on the periphery. Those who suffer in poverty. Those struggling to determine who they are. Those who know who they are and are rejected because of it. Help us to allow them to teach us about gratitude and grace and healing and hope. Thank you, O God. Make your presence known to us today and give us grateful hearts. Amen.
They're going up in your life with hard work every day to take care of you. They want they want to make sure you have a place to live, food, and eat. <laughs> it is always easy to work, and sometimes we can't be lazy. Ah, lazy. <laughs> I love doing this. But good, but God wants us us to work hard. We help our families keep our homes running. When the, when we work hard, God says that we need to do our our work properly. That means without complaining or angry. Let's remember not to complain or angry. This week, when we work at home to help our families, prayer, dear God, please help us never become tired or do good, doing good. In Jesus' name, amen. In a season of thanks, we are reminded of the myriad ways in which you enrich and bless our lives. We see the beauty of the changing seasons and the colorful landscapes surrounding us through these last few weeks of autumn. And we are thankful for the vision to see this simple but remarkable change year in and year out. We are grateful for this faith community that steadies us and reminds us that our diversity is not a source of division, but rather a strong and unifying force for good in our community. 
We are thankful for the deep love and commitment from our cherished family and friends who love us regardless of ourselves. And we are thankful for the incredible gifts you have given us. Our prayer is that we would be empowered to use our gifts to enhance your creation and to serve your sacred people. For each of these gifts and for all good things in the world, we give you thanks. Amen. is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord.
aren't you glad that we worship a God who gives us 10,000 reasons to bless His holy name? Amen. There you are with nine other lepers. What a terrible, terrible disease this is. First, your nerve endings die and you, lo- you, and you have a loss of feeling in your skin. And your hair falls out, your feet, your hands, your nose, your eyes. Your own family treats you like some kind of grotesque monster. Because, well, you are. The only way that you can make a living is by strangers giving you a handout. And from time to time, to time you cry out, unclean, unclean, to warn anyone from coming close to you. What a terrible, terrible disease. But as they say, misery loves company. And thank God for these other lepers with whom you have formed a community of mutual protection. Deep deep down in your heart, you long for the company of normal people. People who are not so terribly disfigured. But that day is long gone. You have already given up hope that you will ever hold your spouse or your children again. The only company you have are these other lepers. At least the ten of you can band together and comfort one another and even make sad jokes about your your sorrow. So there you are with nine other lepers. You have taken up your daily vigil beside the road leading from Galilee and Samaria down to Jerusalem. And you're holding that sign that says, please help. There are long stretches of time when when no one comes by. So you have a lot of time to, to daydream. Perhaps a wealthy and generous stranger will pass by and bestow upon you a princely sum of money. Well, could happen. It's nice to dream, isn't it? But then somebody spots a stranger approaching, but he doesn't look very wealthy. He doesn't look very prosperous, and and there's some other men and women who are following him, and then someone in your group recognizes him. Hey, that's that famous rabbi I've been hearing about, and those are his disciples. And somebody else says, I heard about him. I hear he's a healer. Maybe he can help us. And another one says, well, it's worth a try, isn't it? It couldn't hurt to ask. And so they begin crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so the rabbi pauses for a moment along his journey towards Jerusalem. And he turns to you and your friends with a compassionate expression on his face. And he simply says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Under the Old Testament law, it is the temple priest, not a physician, who has the authority to pronounce a leper cured. Because lepers were banned from religious practice. They were not allowed to go to the temple or to synagogue. And only the priest could lift that ban. So you and your nine friends dare to dream the impossible dream and you begin to make your way towards the temple to show yourself to the priest. And you stumble along only a a few paces when you begin to feel the healing power of the master coursing its way through your body. You can scarcely believe what is happening to you. It's too good to be true. But it is true. You feel new strength in your limbs. The terrible spots and sores are disappearing. And now all of you are are laughing and cheering. One member of your group does a little dance right there in the middle of the road. You're slapping each other on the back and hugging each other. you're, You're almost delirious with joy. 
Soon the priest will be pronouncing you clean once again. Soon you will be able to, to join your family again. And so you walk a little faster and you make your way towards Jerusalem. It's true. It's true. It is amazingly, miraculously, fantastically true. You're healed. The rabbi has done it. But wait. One of you is missing. Where'd he go? Where could he be? Well, later you run into him in the temple and his face is shining with a radiant glow. Where have you been, you ask? And then he tells you his story. He said, when I saw that I, had, that I was healed, I, I just couldn't help myself. I began praising God with all of my might. And, and then I remembered that I had not said thank you to the rabbi who had healed me. And so I ran back to where he was and I fell down on my face and I gave thanks. I was surprised to see a disturbed look on his face. I guess he wasn't accustomed to a Samaritan bowing down to the, at the feet of a Jew. I heard him say to his friends, were not ten lepers healed? Where are the other nine? Did no one come back to give praise to God except for this foreigner? And when your friend walks away, you silently bury your face in your hands. Why didn't I go back? You ask yourself. Why didn't I at least go back and say thank you? Have you ever found yourself in a situation like that? Have you ever forgotten to say thank you? I admit I'm bad about it, about not saying thank you. And it's not because I'm not grateful. I am. It's just that life gets in the way. It gets away from us, doesn't it? And, but saying thanks, it's, it's an important thing. I heard about an article that once appeared in the Houston Chronicle. It concerned a, a Mrs. Roy Alvarez. It seems that... On, that, on this fateful day, Mrs. Alvarez saw her 10-year-old son, Roy Alvarez Jr., being swept to certain death by a vicious riptide at a place called Rollover Pass. Roy Jr. had simply been walking along in the surf when a wave knocked him over and a riptide swept him away. It was a tragedy that was about to happen. Young Roy had never learned how to swim, and his doom seemed to be certain. But then a Boy Scout, Mrs. Alvarez recalls his name was Rudolph, ran out and grabbed Roy and tried his best to hold Roy's head above the water. And he, and he fought against him and he's, he struggled with all of his not, might to keep Roy alive. And, and soon the scout was, was growing weary and he was in danger of drowning himself. And, and then an onlooker, an unknown man, stepped into the surf, fully clothed, and he took Roy from the Boy Scout, who was exhausted by this now, this time, and he began to make his way back to the shore. And this unknown man held onto Roy as the riptide rolled both of them under the water and into the jagged rocks below. And then this unknown stranger finally was able to drag Roy onto the shore and he gave Roy back to his hysterical mother and his trembling father. The last thing they saw of the stranger, he was limping along the beach, trailing blood. Mrs. Alvarez was calmer the next day. She called the Houston Chronicle and told them the story. And she said of the stranger, he was hurt and we didn't even get his name. Will you please tell him how grateful we are? Will you thank him for us? Will you thank him for giving me my son back? Ms. Alvarez wanted to say thank you, but as you can imagine, she was overcome with emotion on that day. And I can imagine that that was true of some of those lepers who Jesus healed as well. They would have said thank you, but they were too caught up in the emotion of that moment. And, and so only one of the ten returned to give thanks. 
So why is it so important for us to take the time to say thank you? Well, there are some very practical lessons that I believe we can learn from these lepers. First of all, saying thank you is a sign of character. None of us has a whole lot of respect for people who are unwilling to take the time to say thank you. Heard about a man who was choking on a bone, and so he immediately called for a doctor who, who was able to remove the bone from his throat, and the victim asked, so what do I owe you? And the doctor replied, how about the amount that you were ready to pay when the bone was still in your throat? <laughs> ah, how quickly we forget. Some of us have knelt before God and made all kinds of fantastic requests in our hours of need. And some of those requests have been granted, have been given to us. And so what kind of people are we if we have not been equally as eager to pour out our expressions of gratitude? Some of you may remember a Major League Baseball player named Steve Carlton. Steve Carlton was a four-time Cy Young Award winner. At one time, he was considered to be baseball's most effective pitcher. He was also the highest paid pitcher, over $1 million per year. And remember, this was 40 years ago. That was a lot of money back in those days, for, for even for baseball players. That was a huge amount of money. But what is not widely known is that in 1973, after a season in which he only had 13 wins and 20 losses, Steve Carlton asked the Philadelphia Phillies to renegotiate his contract, which was a binding long-term contract that could only be broken by mutual consent. And that's not a, that unusual. Athletes ask to renegotiate their contracts all the time. But the difference here is that Steve asked the Philadelphia Phillies to reduce his salary because of the bad year that he had had. How's that for character? Steve was grateful for the opportunity to play baseball, and he expressed his gratitude in a concrete way. Having a bad year, he didn't want to take advantage of the team that gave him the opportunity to do what he loved. My friend, saying thank you is an expression of character. And Jesus recognized the character of this Samaritan who came back to say, Thank you. Your faith has made you well, said the Lord. Jesus appreciated character when he saw it. And he knew that this was an individual of quality and he acknowledged that quality within this person. So you see, saying thank you is a sign of character. But here's something else, the second thing. Saying thank you makes us better people. Saying thank you helps us to develop character. That's a little ironic, perhaps, but it's true. We express gratitude because we are people of character, and saying thank you, in turn, enhances our character. Way back in 1920, Lewis Laws was uh, given the assignment of warden at Sing Sing Prison. And when he got there, conditions were absolutely awful when he took the job. And Laws was, was later to be, become famous for his human, humanitarian reforms that he instituted at the prison. But, but Laws gave a lot of the credit for that to his wife, Catherine. Catherine Laws treated the prisoners as human beings. She and her, her she would take her three small children and, and just sit there with the, the prisoners, gangsters, murderers, racketeers, thieves, and all the rest while they played baseball and basketball. She found a, a blind prisoner in, in utter despair. She taught him how to read Braille and then supplied Braille books for him to read. She learned sign language so she, she could talk with a deaf prisoner. And when people asked her if she was afraid, she, she replied, we care for the boys. And they care for us. Well, one day in 1937, Catherine Laws was killed in an automobile accident. 
And the next day, her body lay in a casket in a house about a quarter of a mile outside of the prison walls. The acting warden the next morning found hundreds of prisoners crowded around the main gate. He knew what they wanted. And so he said to them, I'm going to trust you, boys. You can go to the house. And then he opened the gate. No count was taken. No guards were posted. You know what happened? That night, every single man came back to the prison. That acting warden was wise. He, he knew that those convicts needed some way to express their appreciation for Catherine Laws, for all that Catherine had meant to them. And they expressed that appreciation not only by paying their, their respects at her casket, but even more so by living up to her trust by returning to their cells that evening. So you see, expressing thanks is not only a demonstration of our character, but it also enhances our character. But one thing more needs to be said today. Because saying thank you keeps a channel of love open. When we write a thank you note, aren't we in effect saying not only that we are grateful, but also that this relationship is important enough for us that we want to keep that relationship alive? That's why expressing our appreciation to God is so very, very important to us. It is because thanksgiving and praise are among the most effective means of keeping the channels of communication open, even with God. The wellsprings of relationship between ourselves and God. And of course, the most effective way of expressing our gratitude to God is, is to pass God's blessings on to someone else, isn't it? Pay it forward. You've heard that before. Heard about a man on vacation with his son's family. They had rented a cottage up on the New England coastline. On the first day of his vacation, the, the man was out in the yard digging a hole and he was putting out a small plant. And as, as his son observed what he was doing, the strenuous work, he, he asked his dad why he was going to such effort to put out a plant when this wasn't even their cottage. They rented it. They'll probably never come back to, to this particular location. So, so why was his dad going to all of this effort to plant a bush that he would never see again? And his father replied, somebody will be here. <laughs> what kind of plant is it? The son asked. And his father said, it's a century plant. A century plant? You mean it won't even bloom for another hundred years? <laughs> Not that long, the father explained. Maybe 20 or 30. Well, the son was astonished. Why in the world would you come out here on this hot morning on your vacation in a rented cottage and put out a plant that won't even bloom for another 20 or 30 years? And so the father paused. He looked up at his son and he said... I saw a century plant the other day, and I realized that somebody 20 or 30 years ago wanted to share it with me. And so he planted it for my enjoyment. And so I said to myself, someday I'm going to plant one so that other people will enjoy it after I'm gone. And that's what I'm doing this morning. What's the best way to say thank you? It is to pass along our blessings to others. It happens in families all the time. How do we express our gratitude to our parents for the sacrifices that they've made on our behalf? We tell them we love them. Of course. We show them our respect. But essentially the most important step is to be good people ourselves. To be good parents if we have children ourselves. To pass on what we have received to others. So only one came back to express his gratitude. 
And that's the way life is. But saying thank you is important. It's a sign of character. It also enhances our character. And saying thank you helps to keep the channels of love open with God and with each other. And the best way to say thank you is to pass on what we have received to others. Are you blessed? Then be a blessing. And, if, and in case I haven't said it lately, let me say this. I am grateful for each one of you. Amen. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn. Jesus, we just want to thank you. Let's sing it with grateful hearts.